Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Money Awakenings. This is your host, the financial shaman, the alchemist. Oh, happy to be here. Excited to talk about this certain subject. It's been in the back of my mind for a while, and so I'm excited to explore it with you. If, you've, if you're new to this podcast, way to start on 180 so I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I like to go for a walk and pretend that you're walking with me, and then I'm just ranting at you, and you're lovingly listening to me do so. And... Um, so that's why you'll hear some background noise or whatever. And I'll try to duck into this neighborhood here where there's not so many cars going by. Um, so, I don't remember how many podcasts ago it was now. I went off on value and how it's derived. Right, let's just do a recap of that real quick if you missed that one. How do you derive value? All value, write this down, okay. All value is opinion based. All value is opinion based. We're not talking about a human being. <clears throat> Your value is immeasurable as, a, as who you are. But everything else outside of who you are, all value is opinion. Let's just say you're going to buy a chair, a wooden chair, wooden dining room chair, just one of them. What's the value of the chair? What's the value of the chair? The value to you is you need it. The value to you is you can sit in your dining room. Right? So, your opinion of the value of it is going to be different than somebody selling it. Might be. Might be different. Obviously, you guys got to come to an agreement. Right? Somebody selling it who made it, maybe made the chair, maybe their value to them is higher because they loved it into existence. And the point is, your opinions of the value of something, if you're buying or selling, has to match the buyer or sellers. You have to come to an agreement of the value, of your opinions of value. So if I made this amazing chair, and I'm like, the value to me is I'd rather have the chair than... The only way I'd get rid of it is nothing less than 200 bucks. Or whatever, I don't know. Let's just say it's $200. And you come up and like... The value of sitting in my dining room is not worth that much to me. The value of sitting in my dining room is $50. You know, maybe I gotta buy four of them, so I need four chairs for that much, right? So you've gotta come to an agreement of what the value is to you. When it comes to a commodity like this, now, a chair is more of a... Now, let's just say it's a commodity. It's more actually sliding into a utility product. But, um, you know, you can make your own chair, I, I guess. But the point is, a commodity, when you, when you think of a commodity, always think of the river and the cup of water. Right? Or the bucket of water, whatever you want to say. The container of water. Like, when you're camping next to a river... Somebody couldn't sell you a bottle of water because you're right next to a a clean river. You're right next to it. Like you can go dip your hand in or your cup in or your own bottle of water in, get it right from the source. So there's no reason to pay for it. Now, the farther you get away from that, the river, the more valuable the bottle of water becomes because if you need it, if you, without buying it from somebody, you have to walk all the way back to the water source or drive or whatever. Get yourself all the way back to the water source, right? So the bottle of water, the container of water, of drinking water, derives more value the farther it is away from the source 
Based on what? On the opinion of how hard it would have to be to go back to the river. Right? If, you know, if you're a two-hour, you know, let's say you're a two-hour walk away from a river, that's your only way to get there, and you're out of water, you'll pay through the nose. (laughs) Unless you're not thirsty and you think you can walk for two hours without being thirsty. If you're in a desert, right, and far away from water source, it's worth anything, an arm and a leg. So how you derive value on a product like that, on a commodity, is based solely on its, the opinion of its supply or close to being to the source. So the value of a commodity is completely derived on the opinion of how easy or difficult it is to get. Think about it for a second. What's a commodity that most people understand? Orange juice, oranges. Frozen concentrated oranges, remember trading places? Okay. So if we have a huge supply If the crop is good for oranges that year, you're closer to the river, the value drops. The prices drop to compensate for the lack of, the oversupply lack of demand. The lack of supply, farther you are away from the river, if there is a bad crop, the demand is high because you're farther away from the river, so the value goes up on the opinion of how hard it is to get. It's still based on opinion. Supply and demand is still based on opinion. Because no one actually knows how many oranges are going to come off the fucking tree. So it's still an opinion based on estimation. You don't know how much you're going to get in food loss. You don't know how much you're going to make it to the orange juice factory. It's all just estimation. It's all just opinion. And you also don't know how many people are going to want orange juice. That's an opinion too of demand. What if it comes out that, you know, oranges cause cancer or something? I don't know. Something weird. Obviously that's ridiculous, but who knows? Then the demand's going to drop, right? People don't want to go to the river anymore. They don't want, they want to find another source of water or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's all opinion based, based on supply and demand, on the opinion of how far you are away from the river. Sorry, I'm crossing it street here and where was I so the value is derived based on do I want to go get my own thing do I want to go to the river myself or not that's where typically value is derived on a product like a commodity how difficult is it for me to do it myself do I want to plant my own orange tree or not if I want oranges. No, okay, then I'll pay a little bit for it. That's how value is derived, but it's always in the mind of the person buying and selling. 100% opinion. Right? Let me go through this a little faster because this is a recap. So, then there's the utility product. Like, if you're trying to buy a microwave, you can't really build one yourself. So, most of the time, you derive value on... How hard is it to engineer and manufacture this thing, okay? And you, you know, throw in a little extra for profit. You understand the company's got to stay in business to keep making these kind of things. And of course, you could sit there and compare it to other products. But bottom line, utility products are derived value typically on the opinion of how hard it is to create it. <clears throat> then you have land, which is, you know, you derive value on the opinion of where it is by location and what it can be used for. 
right? Farmland might be valued more than swampland, obviously, because it doesn't have the same utility. But that swampland in a great location, you know, on the, if there was swampland on the Vegas Strip, there'd be someone trying to figure out how to, <laughs> how to at least put a billboard in the swamp to get advertising to their gentleman's club or whatever. I don't know. And their casino, probably better. And so um, the land is always derived on two factors, the usability of the land and the location of it, right? But it's still all opinion-based. And two people have to come together to agree on that opinion of value. Uh, real estate is a combination of land and utility, but it's getting blown way out of proportion because while people take location into account when buying real estate, they don't take into account how much it is to, to create the home. So the value between a utility product, it would be like if you microwave all of a sudden went from costing $100 to costing $1,000. It's like, why? Well, because where the, the microwave is located. It's like, well, let, let's all calm down a little bit. <laughs> like, how you derive the real estate value is very, 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 very much opinion-based. It's more about what people can get away with charging than anything. Like, if it costs, if you're buying land, and it costs 100,000 for the land, and it costs 200,000 to build the home, and you go charge 750,000 for the home, that profit is, is way beyond the utility product and way beyond the use of the land. So the value is derived again by opinion, but because people don't know how to build their own homes, not that you should or anything like that, I'm just saying, there's a lot of interesting intricacies that go into how value is derived for real estate properties. However, the bottom line is all you need to understand is it's still just opinion. It's what somebody's willing to pay for somebody who's willing to sell it. They're all, it's the value is in the mind of the seller and the buyer. That's it. That's all, the, the only, how people derive real estate prices, you could say that it's all about the market, which is just mass opinion. The market for any of these things I'm talking about is mass opinion. What is the price of gold, which is a commodity? The mass opinion of the, the, the sellers and the buyers. That's it. They're all coming to an agreement of value, but it's still an agreement. And it's still just a rock. It doesn't do anything intrinsically like water or orange, right? So there is no actual value, except it's in the mind of the people. So what I'm trying to point you to in the recap here, but I've said about a thousand times right now, you're probably tired of hearing me say, all value is opinion. Meaning all value is in the mind of the buyer, essentially, if you're the seller, looking at it from the seller's eyes. And it's the same exact thing with the seller. Have you ever gone to a yard sale? You ever gone to a yard sale and you see something that is just like a piece of garbage? Like, let's say it's a Nordic track six system from, you know, some old broken down gym equipment from 20 years ago and somebody's got it listed for 500 bucks and you're like are you stoned why no one's gonna buy that but the value in the mind of the seller is what you're up against right that's the difference in opinion it's just a difference of perception a difference of opinion that's all it is so you've got the mind of the seller could be delusional, like in the, like in the case of the yard sale. But if someone's willing to pay it, are they delusional? No. They've just simply found two people that agree on value. It's delusional to you because your opinion of the value isn't there. But it's just opinion. So let's go, let me take a, let me take a pause and talk about propaganda for a second. Without going too deep into it, recently I had a situation 
with vegetarianism or plant-based diet versus meat eating, right? Meat eating. And what I noticed was that both sides have propaganda. Now, I'm not, there's two different types of propaganda. We're not talking about the government propaganda trying to make us scared of other humans so they can go to war. I'm not talking about that type of propaganda, though there is some similarities inside of it. Leave that one aside. We're not talking about government or mass propaganda of a country or a nation or a world um, for political gain or any other bullshit. You know, that propaganda is more about controlling the narrative in order to accomplish an outcome of some kind of war or fighting or, or other bullshit, right? We're not talking about that kind of propaganda. What we're talking about is if you have a different opinion than someone else, their opinion can sound like propaganda to you. It can sound like a lie to you. Here's what I mean. I was plant-based for 10 years. Like a third of that time I was vegan. So for a decade I didn't touch anything meat-based at all. Okay. So I'm very, very, very aware. And I I understand what it means to be plant-based more than most. I was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways on that. Way before there was all these Beyond Burgers and stuff. Way before all that. I was just me and my tofu back in the day, right? So I, I very much understand that side of it. But what's fascinating to me, no matter which side you fall on, there's propaganda. And I never noticed it when I was just a normal meat eater back when I was growing up, like not thinking about a diet at all. Unless, you know, not thinking about, only thing I was thinking about is, is it going to make me fat or not, right? Not thinking about it, it wasn't aware of any of this stuff. And so, when my body demanded that I go off of meat, and that's what happened, I did it for health reasons and health reasons alone, I was introduced to all this propaganda about how terrible the meat industry is. About how terrible meat is for your body, how terrible dairy is for your body. And I started to buy into it because I had no other point of view to go to. Right? There was no, it's very hard to find someone who's objectively distant on this subject. Like who's unbiased in some way. You're usually falling on one side of the issue or the other. <clears throat> and now I've seen it from both sides so I can tell you that both are fucking stupid. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll show you my, my perception of it. Um... My point is, when I became vegetarian, I got inundated with a lot of propaganda about the meat industry. And I'm not saying it was not true. What I'm saying is, everybody's body is different. What works for one body does not work for the other. What is happening on your journey right now might not be right for someone else. And when we try to agree on what everybody should eat, that's where everything goes awry. You can be vegetarian, vegan, all you want, as long as you don't tear down anybody else's choices to eat whatever they want, and vice versa. Because when you come back on the other side and start eating meat again, you see how many fucking people talk shit on vegans and vegetarians for absolutely no reason. If anybody wants to eat whatever they want, I don't care if you want to eat cake every day for every meal. Who gives a shit? It doesn't affect you. The only way it affects you is when you attack somebody else's right to choose. And you try to shame them for their choice. That's when it's not okay. But the point is, the meat eaters have propaganda too. That you don't get enough protein if you don't eat meat. That you will become anemic if you don't eat meat. That our bodies are designed to eat meat. All of that is horseshit. All protein comes from the earth, period. There is more protein in an ounce of spinach than there is an ounce of steak. It's actually more diluted if it goes through meat. No one has, you probably don't even know what anemia looks like. No one's ever worried about too little protein. 
or too much protein. It's a fucking marketing ploy. It's bullshit. Now, people suffering with anemia might have to deal with it, but no, no one ever goes without meat long enough to realize it's a lie. They just believe in this protein nonsense. But my point is, no matter which side you fall on, there's propaganda because it's a difference of opinion. Right? If I'm a vegetarian, what I put in my body is what my body is telling me to put in it. That's what's right for me. I don't care what anybody else is doing, but as soon as you think that everybody should eat the way you're eating, that's propaganda. Because you're trying to force your opinion onto somebody else's choice. And it's the exact same way with the other way. You come across a vegetarian as a meat eater and you're like, these fucking canine teeth are designed to eat meat, which is also bullshit. Carnivores have all canines, almost. Not just four. Look at the strongest, (laughs) the strongest animal on the planet is the gorilla, vegetarian with four canines. Same exact bite structure only eats vegetables and roots, beet type roots, right? Turnips and things like that. And that's what those canines are for in a vegetarian animal, to bite through tough vegetables. Meat is soft. You don't need chewing ability. You need the ability to rip through tendons. That's it. That's why carnivores have very sharp teeth, not grinding type teeth like we have. And don't get into omnivore bullshit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because all of it's propaganda. Because again, it's up to your body. It's up to your heart what you put in your body. And it doesn't matter if you're eating meat or vegetables. You're putting in Mother Earth into your body. Now, do I believe that we are way out of balance with Mother, with Mother Earth? Absolutely. When you're eating meat for every fucking meal, bacon and sausage in the morning, a turkey sandwich for lunch and, and steak at, at night, you're way out of balance with Mother Nature. Simply because you've dis- become desensitized to the sacrifice of an animal dying for you to live. When you can become aware that you're eating death or that you're eating a sacrifice because we're, you're eating death either way if you eat vegetables or not. Vegetables had to die too, right? So, but when you're not grateful for the sacrifice of the meat, that's when you become desensitized to it. That's when you're out of balance with Mother Nature. But no matter which side you fall on, Whatever other side's opinion of the situation is, if you're a meat eater, the vegetarian's opinion that you shouldn't eat meat is propaganda to you. When you're on the vegetarian side, the meat eaters claim that you're not going to get enough protein is propaganda to you, which it is. Or that everybody needs to eat meat, or you need to eat meat or you'll die, that's propaganda to you. Because it's a difference of opinion. So let's go back to the yard sale, right? You go to a yard sale, you see this old 20-year-old piece of garbage equipment, exercise equipment for $500. You're like, this guy's delusional. Then if you got up the courage to talk to him about it, you would hear propaganda come out of his mouth because it's his opinion of value that runs counter to your own. Since it runs counter to your own, you don't believe it. 
And if you really wanted to buy that junky equipment, you would either, either have to try to pop his bubble, or there, doesn't have to be a guy, pop their bu bubble of delusion to bring their value down, or you would have to listen to them to get up on their value and try to like convince yourself that you really do need this piece of shit equipment. You see? It's not propaganda, it's a difference of opinion, a contrasting difference of opinion. It's easier to see when money than probably the, my analogy with meat eating. Eat whatever your heart tells you to eat. Even if it tells you, I went through a period where my heart told me to eat nothing but cliff bars and drink naked juice for every meal for, I want to say two or three weeks. And then it just stepped down to, that was my morning meal. And then it said, never eat a cliff bar again. Who the fuck knows what's best for your body? Your heart. That's it. Hands down. Game over. Discussion over. Propaganda over. Only your heart knows what's best for your body. And it could change on a dime. I was vegetarian for 10 years and it changed on a dime. I was a meat eater for my whole life and it changed on a dime. And my heart was like, your body's like, you're, not, you're done with meat for a long time. So, the point is, when it comes to money and value, it's a little bit easier to see that it's not so much that someone else is delusional or that they're trying to fuck you or take advantage of you, it's that they're really high on their own supply. They're really high on their opinion of value, which runs counter to your own. So the next time you go, like, I get it, like, you go to certain, like, like, let's say you're in Tijuana, right? If you've never been to Tijuana, it's pretty famous for having a row of shops that all sell the exact same fucking thing. And all of them are differently priced. And you got to go in and haggle your deal. Like, literally everybody sells... Like, you'll see 10 different stalls. They're all selling leather and ponchos and, you know, t-shirts about tequila or some shit, Right? <laughs> and all of them have the same knockoff sunglasses and the same knockoff everything, switchblades and all this shit. And uh, you have to go negotiate. You have to haggle your price. And that's kind of expected there, right? It's, it's kind of part of the culture a little bit. Um, where's it going with this? Oh. But the point is, when you haggle, it's not necessarily that these people are trying to rip you off. Now, they might be trying to rip you off. I'm not, you know, you got to be careful of any tourist trap, right? I'm not saying they're not trying to rip you off. But let's go back to the yard sale. And you see something that's priced just crazy out of price. They're not trying to rip anybody off. That's their opinion of the value. That's their legit opinion of the value. And you can either... If you're way too far off, you might as well not even bother. You can either try to burst their opinion of the value or you have to get high on their opinion of it to get to an even agreement. That's what negotiating really is. Will you take less? Will you come up? It's all based on the opinion of value. Okay. Now, let's graduate to the next discussion. So let's get, let's say, <clears throat> let's, let's, let's stay with the garage sale analogy. Let's stay with the garage sale analogy for now. You go to the garage sale, which if you're, I don't know where you would be when you go to the garage. It's just a neighborhood sale. You're, you're not at a shop, you know, you're buying somebody's used crap. So let's say you go to a garage sale and you see a shirt that you really want for 20 bucks. You want it. You're already hooked in. You're thinking the value is 20 bucks. I want the shirt. I'm in. Right? What happens? Hey, this is 20 bucks. I see it marked 20 bucks. You're take 20 bucks for this, right? The seller, you know, the garage seller. Yeah. Yeah, bam, transaction done, agreement hat, bam, over. Everybody's happy, right? Okay, just wait. 
Let's say the, let's say the garage seller has three of those same shirts. How you doing? Morning. Morning. Let's say the garage seller has three of those same shirts, right? <clears throat> he sees that the one shirt sells, or she, or they see that the one shirt sells for the 20 bucks. And they're like, stoked. All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sell these next two shirts that are the exact same as the one I just sold for 20 bucks. I'm gonna sell them two for 30. Just to move the product, right? Now, now I can get rid of all three of these shirts. No big deal, sounds like a smart business play, right? What happens to the person who just bought that shirt for 20 bucks? How do they feel? Cheated. You did absolutely nothing wrong. Completely legal. A lot of business coaches would say it's a smart play. Not me. I'm not a business coach though, I'm a financial shaman, a little different. But still, I would say that's a terrible idea. Because now, that person feels cheated. Five dollars doesn't matter, it's the principle of it. They overpaid now. Even though they wanted it, even though they agreed to the value, they feel cheated because you dropped the price for the next person. How likely are they gonna come back to your garage sale, to your shop? Being feeling cheated even though you didn't do anything wrong. They'll never come back, ever. D highly unlikely, unless you've got some amazing goods that only can come from there. If we're in Tijuana, that shit, you ain't never come back to that fucking shop. It's funny enough, that's exactly what happened to me when I was a kid. This was a, a, my first lesson in bartering happened in Tijuana when I was like 13. Don't ask me why I was in Tijuana at 13. It's a long story. So, Okay, so that person feels cheated even though you did nothing wrong. They will never come back to your shop. And what's even worse is now you've got bad, I was going to say juju, bad reputation in the mouth of that customer. One of the most dangerous things in business is to have a bad reputation in the mouth of customers. What does it mean to have a bad reputation in the mouth of customers? It means when your store, shop, service, or business is brought up, they feel inclined to mention their opinion about their bad service or bad experience. That is what it means to have a bad reputation in the mouth of customers. Even though you did nothing wrong, that customer feels cheated. Even though they agreed to the value, they loved the shirt, they wanted the shirt, they see you market discount after they buy it, they feel cheated. Now you have bad customer review in the mouth of their in the in the mouth of the client and the customer. All you were doing was trying to move shirts. Now you've got a self-sabotaging marketing happening. You have negative marketing going, a negative marketing campaign, all because you wanted to move shirts faster. Ready to keep going? Do you see that? It's all about understanding how value is derived. Value is in the opinion. If you're the seller, if I'm the garage seller, I understand that value is in the opinion of the mind of the buyer. It's not in my, my mind. It's in their mind. And that is a very delicate place to play, you see, because it's finicky, the mind. 
When it comes to value, it doesn't like variables like this. It doesn't like changes like this. It doesn't want to ever feel cheated. It doesn't want to ever feel like it did something wrong. Value is in the opinion of the mind of the buyer, if you're, if you're the seller. It's not in your fucking opinion. I mean, you can start with your opinion, but it's definitely not in your opinion. Eh, let's, let's, not, let's just leave that alone for now. Bottom line is, it's, it's a delicate thing in the mind of the buyer. The opinion of value. So, let's step it up. How many people love a sale? You go to the store. You see, let's, let's just keep it with clothing, just for ease. There's a shirt you really like, and it's on sale. But you still have your opinion of value, don't you? You still have to say, oh, this shirt was on sale, or, you know, this shirt, my opinion of value of this shirt is, you know, it's not, it, it's 30 bucks. It's on sale from 50 marked down to 41 or 40 I still have to agree to come up to that. I still have to agree that it's worth that, regardless of how they derived their price. Now, this is a marketing ploy intended to get people to see that, oh, I'm getting a discount so I can come up since they're coming down, right? So maybe I will come up to 40, even though I think my opinion of value is the shirt's only worth 30, right? But since it's, they're coming down, it's a sale, I'll come up. That's the understanding of the marketer and the seller. That's what they're trying to do. It's trying to get you to spend money you wouldn't have spent because of the sale. Right? That makes sense to everybody? Okay. So, but you still have to agree, right? Because if I, if I don't agree, I'm like, I don't care what they're selling it for, if it's a sale or not. In my head, it's not worth more than 30 bucks, and I don't care. I'd rather not have it. I'd rather not have it than go above my opinion of value. Many people do that. Many people have to find their line. They do it naturally. Naturally, when it comes to value and money and buying things, people will find their opinion of value line that they won't cross. Even if it's just a cent more. They're like, nope. And that's what you have to be very aware of and very careful of as a seller or a marketer. <clears throat> I personally don't even toe this line, but a lot of people do. I stay way away from this line. I give way more value than the cost. So people don't even have to fucking think about it. If I'm charging something, it's usually twice or three times as valuable. Of course, that's my opinion, but it's also based on all my feedback from my clients and customers, right? So, and of course, I'm setting price based on what my heart is saying, which is more advanced kind of conversation. But anyway, so I'm trying to just keep this bubble of value in the mind of the person, right? So now, the, the seller or marketer thinks they've gotten a lot of people to spend extra money, but they haven't. They've actually lost money. Here's why. Let's say, <clears throat> you go into that same store and there's no sale and you see the thing that you want. And let's say I want this shirt and it's 20, $25 and I think the value is worth 20. Do I come up or do I wait for the sale? Especially when clerks and, and people in the shop are saying, oh, you just missed that. It was just on sale. Immediately you're going to feel I'm not going to buy this until the sale. But how many people put it in their calendar to say, oh, when's the next sale at JC fucking Penny or whatever? No one does that. Very rarely. 
So now, because you've messed with the value in people's minds, they're actually not buying because they know that you could drop the price at any moment and they'd feel screwed for paying full price. This is why sales actually kill business because they mess with the value in the minds of the, the customer. Discounts, coupons, all of it. Fuck with the value in the mind of the customer. Oh, I'll just wait till it's on sale and then they never do. They, ne they just go buy it somewhere else. You do never want to mess with the value in the mind of somebody. This is what the price is. This is what the value, we derive the value how we derive the value. Oh, I'll just wait till it's on sale. There is no sale, sweetheart. Either you're buying it now or you're not buying it, or you're buying it at a later time when you want to. But there's no sale. If there's no sale, think about the options you just gave somebody. If they want the thing and they say to the clerk or the seller, do you can we negotiate? No, this isn't that type of place. I'm not negotiating. Okay, so here's the shirt. It's $25. I think the value is worth $20. Oh, okay, I'll just wait to go on sale. We don't have sales here. You either buy it for $25, you're not going to buy it. Oh, well, look on the internet. Nope, we make it only here. And the internet price is the same price, and we're the only seller of the product. Okay. Well, do you guys have coupons or some kind of a discount club or anything like that? Nope. Okay. You're taking away all the excuses that somebody wouldn't buy what they wanted or come up to your price, right? And if you're like, Larry, that doesn't make any sense because there's always an, a, a way to shop for things. There's always a way to compare price. True, that is very true. But hold on a second. It gets real interesting when you add in time value. I want this shirt. My opinion of value is $20. This person is selling it for $25 at their shop. They don't have discounts. I can't negotiate. There's no sales. There's no coupons. None of that shit. I pay $25 here, now, or $25 later to get this shirt. There's no other options. So now I have to raise my opinion of value or I go shopping online. Now let's assume you can't find it any cheaper online. Or let's assume you find it for eBay for 20 bucks. Now you've got to wait, buy it online. Now eBay is easy, but then you've got shipping and handling. You don't know the condition of it. You might have to return it if something's off and you don't get to wear it that day. You don't get to have it right away. All because you wanted to go shop and save $5? When you add in the time it takes that's, and your mental energy dealing with fucking shipping and shirts and bullshit instead of just here's $5 and now my thinking about this is over. The mental energy of shopping is not worth the hassle, depending on what you're shopping for, of course, unless you enjoy it. But when you think about the time and mental energy, whoo. People do not value their time very much. They would, there's people out there that would be like, I haggled for this and I got the price that I wanted for 20 bucks. And I would sit there and go, and how much fucking time did you waste for that extra $5? How much hassle just to be, just to say you got a good deal? And who are you trying to prove that to? Where's the, is there, is there like, do I bring it to America's Top Shopper? And we say, who got the best deal? And you get like a reward or something? Who gives a shit if you got a great deal or not? Who fucking cares? Honestly. What are you trying to win the game of? 
I got the lowest price the seller would take. You got the lowest price they said they would take. Especially when it comes to clothes. Clothes are a joke. You can... Almost any shirt is made for like a dollar. It's all markup almost. Same with cologne. Same with all... The markups are thousands. So that's why they can give good discounts. Here's the thing. When you go to marketing school, here's one of the things they teach you. Fake discounts. Urgency. There's only so many left. This deal will only last for blah, blah, blah. It's all fake motivation to buy. They do not build value. They implant you with fear. I've been... I did this too. Don't get me wrong. I used to do this. I'd be like, oh my... You know, typically I charge $3,000 an hour for my services, but because I like you, we're going to do it for $2,500. It's like a built-in feel-good, you know. But I was always going to charge them $2,500, you know what I'm saying? But I've done that before. It is what it is. It's, I probably wouldn't do it anymore. I know I wouldn't do it anymore. But I have. I get it. But when you really understand psychology and value, you wouldn't do that kind of thing. People want to feel like you're taking care of them. I get that, but you, they can feel like you're taking care of them outside the price and negotiating. It's like, this is the price. I'm going to take care of you with my service. I'm going to take care of you with my whatever product. Not with your price. So... Homework. The next time you see a sale, something on sale that you want, think to yourself, will I ever buy that full price now that I've seen it on sale for that much? Nope. I'm guessing not. This used to happen to me when I was young, and I always used to wonder why, why, how the mind was able to do this. Right? I would see, like, well, when I was young, I was... <laughs> Pretty much a partier, pretty, pretty, pretty hardcore drinker. And, uh, you know, you'd see, like, Miller Lights, 18-pack, excuse me, on sale for 10 bucks. And now, every time I saw it after that, for 12 bucks, I feel like I'm getting ripped off. I'm like, man, the economy sucks. No more sales. Where's the sale at? Over $3. Why are there no more sales? I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Oh, I got to spend time to go to the Rite Aid that has the sale for an extra $3? <clears throat> That's how ridiculous it is to waste time and money to go out of your way. I always thought that was so fucking dumb. I would see this all the time when there was gas shortages. If you haven't lived through a gas shortage, count yourself blessing. You know, you're fucking count your blessing. But there would be these gas shortages, right? And there would be a line for an hour. For the gas station that had it, you know, three bucks a gallon. And across the street, it'd be empty for $3.25. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys don't, cal- you don't value your time at all. What's, what's a tank of gas? 40 gallons? 25 gallons in a, you know, 40 gallons in my RV. 25 gallons in a normal tank? Times 25 cents? Times how many hours you waited? Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous how little people value their time and mental energy. But then they go ahead and value the, the good deal they got for the haggling of extra time and energy. You just traded time and energy for the extra five bucks off the picture frame or whatever. You just made another job for yourself, haggling and shopping and trying to get the best deal. But the point is, or one of the points, is <laughs> one, of my, one of my points in this rant somewhere. I, uh, I hope everyone knows I love them. I just, I just rant. I don't, if, I, if you were in front of me, I would probably be super gentle with all this stuff, right? But I just, ah! Anyway, where am I at? 
the next time you see something that you want or are thinking about buying and you see it on sale, ask yourself if you ever think you're going to pay full price for that. If you don't see it on sale ever again. Or if you do, how you're going to feel. Let's say it's, you know, I love my, uh, my Vitamix blender. They, they don't, they don't fucking do discounts. I love that about them. <clears throat> Vitamix blender, 200 bucks. Fuck, take it or leave it. Best blender on the market, in my opinion. And like, think about if you saw, you know, let's say it's a $200, $300 blender. I can't remember. I think it's like $300 blender. Let's say it's a $300 blender. You see it marked down for 250. Now you're like in your mind, when I go to buy this, it's going to be 250. Now you go to buy it, there's no sales anywhere. You got to go to Amazon or whatever or, or straight to their website or in the store, and it's 300, even though it's the thing you wanted, you feel screwed. Even though it's the thing that you wanted, you feel like you didn't get a good deal. You feel like you're overpaying. And now you're mad at Vitamix, you're mad at yourself for not buying it in the past, you're mad at the economy, you're mad at the Amazon. Maybe not, maybe not like a lot of mad or a lot upset, but a little bit in the back of your mind. Why? Because they messed with the value in your mind. And instead of being grateful for what you got, now the ego has you tumbling down the rabbit hole of I could have done better and you're fucked yay for discounts and sales <laughs> I wonder if you'll ever look at it the same way no matter what you do know that there's always enough that you're unconditionally loved at all times no matter what that everything's always okay everything's happening for you we are different trees in the same forest, different grains of sand on the same beach. My unconditional love to you. Be well, be gentle with yourselves and everyone else.